Good morning, friends. Thanks for joining us online for our live streamed time of worship. My name is Rob, and I am one of the staff here at Cedar Valley Church, Mission, British Columbia. We connect like this every Sunday at 10 a.m. Through the week, though, you can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram, where staff are posting brief meditations every other day. You can also sign up for our email newsletter at cedarvalley.ca. Thanks to all of you who can give at this time and do in support of our staff and the great things that we get to do to care for each other and into our city. If you're able to give, you can find five different ways to do that here again online at cedarvalley.ca. Wondering if you could help us out with one last thing. We want to make sure no one gets left behind during this season of COVID-19. Would you be willing to reach out to us if you need help or if you'd like someone to pray with you or if you just want someone who would be able to listen? Would you be willing to stay in contact with each other and to reach out to those who might have less contact due to isolation? And I know a bunch of you are doing that, so awesome, keep it up. And then finally, would you be willing to see if those same people have any needs and to contact the church if their needs exceed your resources so we can help you help them? You can do any of these things, by the way, by selecting the Help tab on our website. Thanks. Now, let's get going. We're going to have a time of worship singing with the lyrics on the screen so you can sing along at home as loudly or as quietly as you would like. We're going to have a kid's teaching time with Pastor Grant. And then we're going to have a teaching time and closing prayer for our adults with Pastor Doug. But just before we get to that, let me ask you, and you can respond online, this question. If you had a nickname for Jesus, a nickname, what might that nickname be? Good morning, Cedar Valley. I think this uh, past while, the uh, situation we're in has made it very clear, I think, to us as believers that um, the church is not a building and um, that the gathering of the believers does not have to happen in one place. Um, this uh, song talks about the church and I think it's, it's so old that it's probably new to some, but please, please join with us. 
strength so that we can we can live that truth in our lives thank you lord amen hey cedar valley kids Grant and Leslie here, and we're going to eat some Pringles. Oh, well, we're going to do more than just that. Uh, I know, but that's one of my favorite parts. That's true. That's true. We really like Pringles. Well, we have a little lesson for you guys, so pay attention. I bet you've been spending a lot more time at home than usual lately. And for some of you, you're doing school for the first time ever at home. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing most of your play at home, and you're even going to church at home. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's a little strange, but in that, I bet you're probably learning so much from your teachers, from your parents, from your siblings, from us here at church, maybe from TV shows too. And you know what? One of my favorite things to do is learn stuff. I love reading and listening to books. I like researching and discovering things. And sure. even sometimes when I'm allowed, I like to do some science experiments, even though it makes pretty big messes most of the time. Sometimes. So what does all of this have to do with a Pringles can? Well, check this out. Let's pretend that this Pringles can is you. I'll take the blue one. All right, yeah. I'll take red. And all of these balls here are things that we've learned. I'll start. I've learned recently to make a lot of really good bread. So I'm going to stick this in my Pringles can. And I've been trying to learn how to play the harmonica. It's really hard. It sounds really bad when I practice. I know something I learned from Jesus a long time ago was to not take revenge when people aren't very nice to me. I bet this has been really helpful for you guys and for me when we've been spending so much time at home with family. I'm going to put a ball in my Pringles can for that one. Well, I remember that Jesus also taught us that we should be patient, especially when things bother us because getting angry right away doesn't make anything better. No, that's true. That's a good one. Well, these past couple of weeks at church, we've been learning so much about how, how God really loves us and that he's there for us all the time, especially when we pray to him. And with that, we've also learned that because God's always with us, even if we feel small or scared, he's there and he knows what's going on and we don't have to be afraid anymore. I'm going to put that one in my Pringles can. Me too. That's a good one. It is a good one. Yeah. And honestly, you know, not a very popular one, but I really like learning math. I didn't like doing the homework back in school, but I use it all the time now. So That's a good one. That's my last one. Add there. that one in there. 
So that's a lot of stuff that we've learned. And I'm sure that you've learned way more than that too. But even in just past few weeks, so what do you do with it all? Right now, it doesn't actually look like much has changed. Yeah, when we just learn things and keep it inside, it doesn't really change that much about us. And in fact, Jesus even knew that this could happen with all of the stuff that he taught us. And so that's why he said not to only listen and learn the stuff that he taught, but to also practice and do those things. He said that we should observe all of that, all that he taught us. And in fact, Philippians 4 verse 9 in the Bible says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from Jesus, we should put it into practice. Hmm. With all the stuff that we learn every day, if it's something that we just memorize and sort of stick in our Pringles can, nothing ever really changes. But we need to let it out. And when we do, it's really impressive. Well, that's all for now, Cedar Valley kids. Thanks for listening. And before we hear a great message from Pastor Doug, take a minute, tell your parents to hop on to Facebook or YouTube when they're watching the live stream in the comments. Write down something that you've learned from them this past week while you're doing all the school at home. Bye. Bye for now. you ever look at someone and wonder who they really are? You know, it's even possible to see someone portray a character on TV or in a movie, and we find ourselves thinking, I wonder if they're like that in real life. Well, for the most part, they're actors, and they get paid to act that part. But what about you? Who are you? Do you ever wonder that about yourself? If I were to ask you, who are you, what would you say? Well, you would probably start by stating your name. But what if I were to ask you to describe yourself by writing down seven I am statements? Not just listing the obvious, but statements that describe you as a person. It would be interesting to see what you to see what you would reveal about yourself. And I would actually really like to see what you come up with. How is it that you define yourself? Well, you know what, if you'd like to see my seven statements, then how about if you email me yours and I'll send you mine back? You can send them to Douglas at cedarvalley.ca. Well, who was Jesus? We've been looking at his life for the past four months. So we have a much better understanding of who he is than when we started this sermon series. But who does he claim to be? There are many people over the years who have claimed to be God or the Son of God, and they all had their followers, but they have also all been proven to be false. Unfortunately, some with devastating consequences and significant loss of life. But let's see who Jesus said he was. 
In John 8, 58, we read, I tell you the truth, Jesus says, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus uses a stark contrast of verbs here with each other. He says that Abraham was, but I am. You see, and there's no doubt that the Jews who were listening to him understood what Jesus was claiming to be the eternal God incarnate because shortly after they took up stones to kill him. See, this statement drove the Jewish leaders crazy for this man to equate himself with God. It was blasphemy. But for us, it is an incredible validation of who Jesus really is. See, not only did he claim to be the Son of God, but he also made seven descriptive statements about who he was, and really about who he is. We find these in the book of John, and we'll refer to them as Jesus' I am statements. With each declaration, Jesus is identifying himself with God, who for many years before, in what we refer to as the Old Testament, quite simply presented himself as I am. Even the Jewish people considered I am to be one of God's names. It is also noteworthy that when we're discovering these statements, these I am statements that Jesus made about himself, he often backs them up with something practical that he does. So let's begin. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 6, verse 35. Hmm, hot, fresh, right out of the oven. Butter melting on it as he spread it on. I love it. In Jesus' day, bread was a staple. And it's interesting that just prior to making this statement that he is the bread of life, Jesus had just fed 5,000 hungry people with five small loaves and two small fish. Yes, be amazed at the miracle of feeding so many with so little. But what is really amazing is that Jesus satisfies our hunger for God, our need to know God. God's word sustains us. Our bodies need food, we're well aware. And just as we need to consume nourishment regularly, we also have a daily need to be spiritually nourished. Now imagine, you've worked all day. You haven't bothered to stop for food. You have hunger pains and maybe you're a little bit lightheaded by now. And yet throughout the day, inexplicably, you have walked right by numerous times a table with the most delightful assortment of tasty and nourishing food. Insanity, I would say. And yet at the same time, how often do we walk by the food 
of the Word. And so I'm going to challenge you, encourage you, implore you to stop. Open His Word. Taste and see. Feed your soul. Allow the Word of God to grow and live within. For Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He also says, I am the light of the world, in John chapter 8, verse 12. And just after making this statement, Jesus heals a man born blind. Life enters his life. Now he can see. Don't you just love this? Just after talking about light, Jesus says, okay, let me give you an example. Let me show you. Here's this man. He's living in darkness. Now there is light for him to see. We all know that it's no fun stumbling around in the dark, darkness, bumping our knees, banging our head. And yet the world is lost in darkness. Hopeless. For darkness cannot change its own condition. And unfortunately, we see evidence almost daily of that darkness. For right now, many people in Nova Scotia are feeling the devastating effects of a life that was swallowed up by the darkness of sin. But there is hope. Jesus has brought light into the world, a light that guides us to the glory of God. And Jesus has given that light so we can also shine that light into a world of darkness. It just takes a small light to dispel the darkness. Jesus also said, I am the gate for the sheep, I am the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 7 and 11. See, when Jesus spoke these words, people knew about sheep. So these words resonated with them, but maybe not so much with us. See, each evening sheep were brought out of the field and into the pen. And often the shepherd would lay across the opening, acting as a gate to protect the sheep keeping them safe from whatever was lurking out in the darkness. And as the sheep entered the pen, the shepherd, knowing each sheep he had very well, could see at a glance if there was an injury or sickness that needed tending to. He had often bend down and closely inspect each one, making sure they were healthy. Jesus knows us well. And he is able to comfort us and meet our specific needs. See, through this metaphor, Jesus portrays his great love and care for each one of us. See, a shepherd's constant concern was for his sheep, leading them to good pastures for sources sources of nourishment rescuing them when they got in trouble, protecting them from predators, even laying down his life if necessary. This is Jesus 
caring for each of us. You are not alone. Jesus is by your side. And he is bigger than your troubles, your fears, and even your doubts. And see, for us, while these statements are encouraging and comforting, this shepherding metaphor was actually directed to the Pharisees, Jewish religious leaders who were more concerned about keeping their rules than they were about leading people to a relationship with God. And so Jesus contrasts himself to these bad shepherds, as it were, and there is a direct rebuke to them. He calls them thieves and pretend shepherds who do not really care about those who believe and those who they're supposed to be leading. And in these verses, Jesus tells us that he has come to seek out, to rescue, to heal, to feed his sheep. And he will do so because he loves them. And they belong to him. And this is proven and accomplished by him giving up his life for his sheep. And then he continues and says, I am the resurrection and the life. In John eleven twenty five. Again, Jesus demonstrates the practical aspect of the resurrection. For shortly after making this statement, he raises Lazarus from the dead. While everyone was wailing and there were, was no hope, he pulls him up from the dead. Talk about a cool object lesson. You know, my kids don't really like it when I use them as sermon illustrations. But I'm sure Lazarus didn't mind. See, Jesus rose to conquer death and in doing so opened the way to eternal life. True everlasting life is found in Jesus. Anyone who believes in Jesus will live even though we die. And then Jesus says in John 14, 6, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Very specific. The way, the truth, the life. He is saying, there is no other way. Unfortunately, this is difficult for many to accept. For we live in a world of almost limitless options, never-ending choices, But Jesus says, the one and only way to the Father is through me. And you know, if there was another way, then Jesus actually died in vain. So this statement, it's it's both exclusive and inclusive. It excludes those who choose not to believe in the work of Christ. But at the same time, it includes all of those who do believe in the work of Christ. Jesus alone is the source of life. He is the creator, the sustainer of all life and the giver 
of eternal life. And finally, Jesus says, I am the vine. In John 15, verse 1. Jesus, as the vine, emphasizes the sustaining power of Christ. But it's very interesting. He continues in this phrase, and he says, My father is the gardener, and you are the branches. We are the branches, he is the vine. There is constantly life flowing through the vine to nourish the branches. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit unless it's joined in a vital union with the vine, only those who are joined to Christ and receive the power from him produce fruit in the Christian life. You know, we've been hearing a lot about who Jesus is, but now we get to see who we are because of Jesus. As the branches were created and given life, so our lives may produce the fruit of righteousness. You know, this life isn't just about living, isn't just about existing, getting through the day, although sometimes we seem like we can just barely do that. But it's really about being alive in Christ, being a an extension of God's desire, of his plan. So, who are you? Well, based on who Jesus told us he is, and as a believer in Jesus, you are the redeemed. You're the forgiven. You're the blessed. You're the victorious in Jesus. You're the loved the cared for, the provided for, those who have a hope and a future, those with a purpose and a fulfillment, a follower of Jesus, a disciple. And you know what? Our world is so in need of people who believe in Jesus and live a life that demonstrates that belief. But you know, this may not describe you. And if this doesn't describe you, and if you're wondering who you really are, it's time to get to know Jesus, the I Am. So you can truly discover who you are made in the image of God, made to live a life through Christ that is exceedingly fulfilling and joyful in the midst of the darkness of this world. If you would like to get to know Jesus the I Am, now is a really good time. I'm going to take a moment and pause and pray for you. Actually, I would like to pray with you. Our God, we thank you for your grace, for your love, 
for the work of Jesus Christ, that he took our sins upon himself and he took them to the cross. God, but he rose in victory and he lives on high and he lives within us. God, allow us to see the grace, the wonder of who you are. God, we confess our sins, ask you to remove them from us and to redeem us through your glory and your grace. God, that we may live a life that you have designed of purpose and fulfillment and of joy. God, touch us with your love. Guide us, lead us, restore us, redeem us, that we may too rejoice that Jesus the I Am lives within. Amen. You know, if you would like to talk to somebody from Cedar Valley Church, in just a few moments after this live stream, there will be some information on the screen that you'll be able to contact us with. Wow, this has been quite a journey. We started in January following the life of Jesus, reading through the four Gospels of Matthew, of Mark, Luke, and John. Though it brings us to the end of this preaching series, I urge you to continue to discover Continue in your discovery of who Jesus is. And it will have a dramatic effect on who you are. You know, it's been good to gather together, even though for a time we're apart. So blessings as you live the life that you were created to live. Because Jesus lives in you. Amen.